You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super successful. All right? So let's start the show off like this. Listen to the right people and ignore the wrong ones. People that doubt you, hate you, and judge you are never worth your time or attention. All right? The title of today's show is... Stop listening to them and start listening to you. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening uh, to this show every single week. want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows, all you have to do is go to www.powerhh.com, all right? That's www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. And on Instagram and Twitter, it's at... Coach Mark Speaks. That's at C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S, all right? Want to remind you, if you haven't downloaded my book yet, you can go ahead and download my book for absolutely free, www.repeataftermebook.com. And I want to hear from you guys, all right? So feel free to go ahead and send me your testimonies, your, you know, just let me know how you guys are coming along with your goals and the progress that you're making um, so far this year. You can email me at any time at Coach Mark Speaks, that's C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. All right, you guys ready? Let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Catherine Minshew. Now, in December 2010, Catherine quit her job at the Clinton Health Access Initiative to run PYP, which is Pretty Young Professionals. It's a women's networking site she started with three co-workers a couple months earlier. Now, she bootstrapped the company and was able to start the company with her personal savings. She worked as CEO and editor-in-chief with no pay. By spring 2011, the website had 9,000 users. After the website was redesigned, the amount of users increased to 20,000. As this increase came, the other founders began to take more of an active role. A disagreement between the four co-founders turned into a nasty power struggle. After receiving threats from two of the other co-founders, Catherine was shut off from the company as her access was denied to the website. Catherine ended up losing her entire savings of about $20,000. At that time, she could have sued her former partners or she could have started over. Catherine decided to start over. That's a smart move. In July 2011, Catherine started The Muse. And in its first month, they had more visitors than in the history of her former company. They now had a stronger product and a clearer sense of purpose. The Muse has raised over $2 million in funding from Venture and Angel Funding and has reached over 15 million people. Catherine says that the initial failure was the best thing that ever happened to her. Sometimes we start working with some people. Sometimes we start a project and it has this initial failure and it makes us want to quit. No, a lot of times that's the best thing that can happen to you because you take everything that you learn from that initial failure or from that initial setback, use it in what you're doing now and watch how it just takes off.
All right. Profile number two, Aporva Meta. Now, Aporva started off working for Amazon in Seattle as an engineer in their fulfillment optimization department for two years from 2008 to 2010. While he was working at Amazon, he began developing ideas for a startup. Aporva felt that he was plateauing at Amazon and knew he had to make a change. Now, Aporva quit his job in 2010 to move to San Francisco to develop business ideas full time. Aporva failed at 25. Listen to this. Aporva failed at 25 different ideas before he was able to find a hit. One of his ideas, Legal Reach, which was a social network for lawyers, was extremely painful for Aporva. With this startup, he was able to raise money and gather the team before realizing that this startup wasn't going to work. Aporva didn't do his research beforehand and he knew nothing about lawyers. What he found out was that lawyers didn't like technology and they didn't like to share things. Aporva learned from that lesson and tried again. He learned the lesson that you shouldn't just start a company just to start a company. Don't do it just for the money. I tell people that all the time. The reason you should start a company is to solve a problem that you truly care about. This is what helped Aporva to come up with the idea that would change his life forever. Aporva hates the grocery shop. He knew that this was not just a problem for him, but many people, particularly moms and the elderly, looked at shopping as an inconvenience as well. Aporva used the experience he gained from working at Amazon Fulfillment to help him start Instacart. Aporva put his coding skills to use, and on June 2nd, he placed his first order on his new platform, Instacart, and even delivered the products to himself. He was his first customer. Now, Instacart's user base grew through word of mouth. Aporva would spend the majority of his days meeting and training potential shoppers at his local grocery store. During the nighttime, he would refine the app. During the summer of 2012, he wanted to enter Instacart into Y Combinator. All right. That's like a, a, a organization that helps startups get going. Right. They take in a certain amount of startups every year. They give them funding. They give them advice. They have them meet with other successful founders and whatnot. But he missed the application deadline by two months. A poor wouldn't accept no for an answer. We hear this same common theme over and over again. These guys that are really believe in their products, that are really dedicated to whatever it is that they're doing, they will not accept no for an answer. They keep pushing and pushing and pushing forward. So he received referrals to reach out to several members of the Y Combinator's management team, and they all told him no, except for one partner. One partner didn't tell him no, but told him it was probably too late. And it would be nearly impossible to get to the next class. Aporva took nearly as a possible opportunity and sent the partner a six-pack of beer using Instacart's delivery service and ended up receiving a meeting. Now, after the meeting, they called him a few hours later and told him that they would fund his business. Now, how many people would have said, you know what, two or three people told me no, then that's it. This man went to every single one of the Y Combinator's partners, right? And all of them told him no, and one guy kind of gave him a half no. And he just, the guy just cracked the door open for him, and he busted through the door. Now, Instacart, 
is in many cities across the country, such as Atlanta, Los Angeles, Boston, San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. Instacart relies on a team of contractors that it calls personal shoppers to go to various grocery stores and shop for and deliver groceries in, a, in as little as an hour to customers. Users can shop either online or use the Instacart mobile app. Instacart doesn't have to worry about warehouses or buying inventory. It marks up the grocery items and charges a delivery fee to generate revenues. It's essentially an Uber for grocery shopping. Now, how many of us could have came up with that idea? All it is is just like an Uber for grocery shopping, right? They send people to the grocery store. People go on the app, order whatever groceries that they want. They send people to the grocery store to buy it and deliver it to the customer. Simple idea that any one of us listening right now could have came up with. Instacart has partnered with retailers such as Whole Foods and Costco, as well as many other retailers. Instacart has raised over $275 million in funding, and the company currently has a valuation of over $2 billion. Simple idea. But this man put his idea into action. That's why he has a $2 billion company right now. And I can guarantee you, if they make the, continue to make the right moves, in about 5, 10 years, that's going to be a $100 billion company. Profile number three, Elon Musk. Now, a few months ago, we profiled Elon Musk, so we aren't going to spend too much time going over his whole story again. We will just recap some of the highlights and focus on the best secrets of success. That's what we really want to dive into. We talked about him before, but now we want to really focus in on his secrets of success. Now, Elon is a South African-born engineer, investor, and inventor. He is the founder, CEO, and CTO of SpaceX, co-founder and CEO of Tesla, and he's the co-founder of PayPal. Elon grew up in South Africa and always had a desire to come to the United States. When he was 17, he moved to Canada with a few hundred dollars. That's it. He just had a little bit of money. His plan was to call on an uncle that lived there once he arrived. Once he got to Canada, he found out that the uncle was not even in the country. So Elon bought a bus ticket for $100 that would allow him to travel countryside and hop on and off as he wished. This man didn't even have steady plans. But you know what? He was focused. He was like, I'm getting to United States. He had to go to Canada first because his mom was a Canadian resident, right? A Canadian citizen, right? So he made up his mind that he's getting there. He's going to take the couple hundred dollars that he has and he's going there because he knew what his destiny was. All right. He decided to head to Saskatchewan, the former home of his grandfather, and ended up connecting with a second cousin there. He spent the next year working a series of odd jobs around Canada, such as shoveling grains at a barn, cutting logs with a chainsaw and cleaning the boiler room of a lumber mill. Elon eventually enrolled at the Queen's University in Ontario. Elon would transfer to the University of Pennsylvania in 1992 on scholarship. In 1995, Elon moved to California to begin a Ph.D. at Stanford, U Stanford University, but left the program after two days to start his first company. Elon and his brother started a company called Zip2 with very little money, which was a web software company. The company was eventually purchased 
by Compact for $307 million in cash and $34 million in stock options in February 1999. The next month, March of 1999, Elon co-founded X.com, which was an online financial services and email payment company. One year later, because the market was about to crash, his company would merge with its largest competitor, PayPal. PayPal was acquired by eBay in October 2002 for $1.5 billion in stock. With the lifelong dream of colonizing Mars, Elon would start SpaceX and later begin investing in Tesla car company, eventually taking a very active role as the CEO. Now, Elon currently has a net worth of $12.4 billion, and Elon is one of the greatest innovators of our time. Last year, I read his biography, and this short description of his life does his life, his struggles, and his accomplishments no justice at all. I mean, I read his story, and this guy has such an amazing story. All the trials and tribulations and everything that he's been through just absolutely blew me away. So let's now look at some of his rules of success. Number one, work hard, extremely hard. Now, when Elon and his brother first started Zip2, they didn't have enough money for an office and an apartment, so they slept at their office and showered at a local YMCA. They only had one computer. Can you imagine that? They only had one computer, right? And they had a computer company, so their website would be up during the day, and he would have to code at night. Elon worked at least 100 hours per week. His philosophy is that if you're working 100 hours per week and your competitor is working 40 hours per week, you will achieve in four months what it will take them one year to achieve. I just did a video on this that I'm going to post and put out tomorrow. This man worked 100 hours a week. That's how these guys get ahead. All these successful entrepreneurs, I just read Mark Cuban's book. Same thing, 100 hours a week. Right. They put that they sacrifice. They put that work in. It's not that they're so much smarter than everybody else. They just put in massive more work than everybody else. If you're putting in 100 hours a week and your competitors only putting in 40 hours, which their 40 hours is really probably about 15 or 20. Right. Because they're probably goofing off. How much further are you going to be than them? Number two, don't just follow the trend. If you look at all of Elon's businesses, they all solve huge problems in new and emerging markets where there's little competition. When he co-founded PayPal, they were, for a time, the only email money transferring solution in the world. SpaceX is the first private company to send a spacecraft to the International Space Station. And Tesla is the world's leading electric car company. Elon says to reap the greatest rewards, focus on innovation rather than competition. Strive to innovate to such a degree that there's no competitors. Stop doing what everybody else is doing. Common recurring theme. Every week, I'm going to really dive into one of these really super successful people, right? Their secrets of success. And you're gonna, it's going to almost be like I'm talking about the same person every single week. Because each and every single one of them say the same thing. They say the same exact same things over and over and over again. Number three, really like what you do. 
When you really like what you do, it enables you to find the energy to persist through the challenges that you will undoubtedly face. Number four, take risk. With greater risk comes the potential for greater rewards. Even though Elon was a millionaire when he started SpaceX and Tesla, in the beginning of both of those companies, things had gotten so bad that he had to borrow money from friends just to cover his living expenses. He risked every dollar he made from the sale of his previous companies, and the risk paid off. He's worth $12.4 billion. I remember reading that in the book. Things had gotten so bad. With both of his companies, right? Because he invested, he took all the money that he made from the sale of his first company, invested it in PayPal. Took all the money that he made from PayPal, invested it in SpaceX and Tesla, right? And things had gotten so bad. I mean, this man was literally days away from being bankrupt, had absolutely no money, had to borrow money from friends just to be able to live, right? But he was so determined that his businesses were going to fail. He was not going to give up. You're going to have to take him away in a box and put him under, six feet under. This man was not about to give up. Took all his money and invested in on himself. Most people won't invest $50 in on themselves. This man invested every single, all the millions of dollars he had in what he was doing. That is why he's worth $12.4 billion right now. Number five, don't fear failure. In an interview, Elon stated that he originally thought Tesla would fail. When asked why he would start a company that he didn't think would be successful, his answer was, if something is important enough, you should try even if the probable outcome is failure. Number six, do something important. Success and satisfaction with what you're doing isn't just about making money. After the sale of his first company, Elon had millions of dollars at age 27, but he kept working extremely hard because he wanted to change the world. Number seven, be ready to learn new skills. Don't let what you don't know stop you from taking important endeavors, from tackling important endeavors. Elon never owned a car company before Tesla, but that didn't stop him. Elon wasn't a rocket scientist, but that didn't stop him from starting SpaceX. There are plenty of books out there and more information available to us than any other time before in the history of the world. We have the power to learn anything that we want to learn right there in our pockets. All the information is on the Internet or in books. We have access to all of that information, anything that you want to learn about. If you search hard enough, you can find whatever information that you want to learn. It's right there. Number eight, seek out constructive criticism. No one likes hearing what they are potentially doing wrong, but by seeking out this information from people you trust, the key word is people that you trust, you gain valuable insight that you may be able to use to make improvements. Not from the haters, not from the people that want to see you do bad, from people that you trust that you know have your best interests at heart, and they're not going to just tell you something to make you feel good. They're going to give you honest, good, constructive criticism that's going to help you to improve and help you to get better. Number nine, be unrelentingly optimistic. Now, Elon is known for setting impossible deadlines and making requests of his employees to cut costs by up to 90%. He's kind of similar to Steve Jobs. A lot of time, these deadlines fail, but often they succeed. 
With the optimism to tackle massive goals, you can often achieve success even if you fall a bit short of your original target. Challenge yourself to think big, and this will often yield big results. Number 10, strive to be significantly better than the competition. Now, Elon says, put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. They're going to buy the trusted brand unless there's a big difference. So if you want to set yourself apart from the competitors, don't just try to be a bit better. Strive to be significantly better. And he's absolutely right. Each and every single one of us. If there's two products, one from a brand that you know, one from a brand that you don't know, you're going to buy from the brand that you know. The one that you don't know has to be five times better, ten times better. So strive to be ten times better. Number 11, focus on a high-value pursuit. Focus on building a business that you're confident will have a high value for others. Always remember this. We get paid for the amount of value that we bring either to our job if we're employed or to our customers if we are business owners. People that don't make a lot of money, it's only because they're not not doing something that's really valuable. Whatever it is that they're doing, a lot of other people can do. Always look to provide value. Always look to provide value and always look to provide massive value. The more value you provide, the more you'll get paid in any arena. I don't care what it is. The more value you provide, the more things that you can do that other people can't do, the more you'll get paid. Number 12, consider the worst case scenario. When Elon decided he wanted to be an entrepreneur at 17 years old, he forced himself to live off $1 per day. Elon figured if he could live off $1 a day, at least from a food standpoint, it would be pretty easy to earn $30 a month. He did this to see if he had what it took to lead the life as an entrepreneur. He figured if he was successful, money would never be an issue. Number 13, read more. I love this one. Now, Elon is a voracious reader. Elon would read five hours a day when he was a child. He read the Encyclopedia Britannica from cover to cover. So very important. This man was reading five hours a day as a kid. Every single billionaire that I've studied reads massive amounts. And these guys are super busy. They have all kinds of companies. They have all sorts of responsibilities. But they make sure that they put in their reading time every single day. I was reading about Mark Cuban today, reading his book. Same thing. He reads for three to five hours every single day. And we're saying that we're too busy to read. These guys have massive responsibilities, but they understand that if you want to go to a next level, you have to read more. Whatever level that you're at right now is based off of the information that you know. If you want to go to a higher level, you better get to knowing some more information. You better get to learning some more information. If you want to earn more, you better learn more. Number 14, set massive goals and have out-of-this-world ambition. Elon's goal is to colonize Mars as a way to back up the human race. Elon plans to establish a Mars colony by 2040 with a population of 80,000 people. This guy doesn't set little small goals. He sets... Think about it, to colonize Mars. Now, maybe he'll get to it or maybe he won't. But he sets massive goals. Number 15, don't listen to the little man. 
When Elon was starting SpaceX, many of his friends would try to talk him out of it. One of his friends collected a whole series of videos of rockets blowing up because he didn't want him to lose his money. Fortunately, Elon followed his heart and his desire. Now, the hardest thing for some people to do is to follow their own wisdom. The moment that someone says something negative about them, they start to doubt themselves. Most times, ignoring criticism will help you to be much more effective than it would to be than to pay attention to it. Here are a few reasons why refusing to listen to negative criticism or blocking it out will help you. Number one, you are hardwired to overvalue the negative. Now, the human brain tends to focus on that which upsets and frightens us. For early human beings, that was essential as they needed to focus on venomous snakes in the jungle rather than butterflies if they expected to survive. But focus on the negative no longer serves us well. Even when 10 people compliment us on something, we usually tend to focus on the one person that said something negative. Number two, it might make you unhappy. The unhappier you are, the worse you perform, the worse your health, and the more unlikable you are. Also, listening to negativity is actually bad for your brain. Research shows that if you listen to someone being negative, you're more likely to behave that way as well. Also, being exposed to 30 minutes of more of negativity, including viewing such material on TV, actually peels away neurons in the brain's hippocampus. It will actually make you dumb by listening to negativity. That's why you got to be very careful as to what you allow to go into you, whether it be on social media or on TV or from just people around you. That's the part of your brain that you need for problem solving. So listening to negativity makes you dumber. So be very careful. Number three, your critic may have questionable motives. When you hear the criticism, ask yourself if the person making the comment is truly trying to help you or if there may be some other reason they just have to tell you the bad news. Number four, it might not be coming from someone you respect. If you receive thoughtful, objective criticism from someone whose judgment you respect, then you should indeed pay attention. If not, why on earth would you listen to the person? Number five, it may stop you from forward momentum. Most people allow the fear of criticism and complaints to cause them to abandon their good ideas and cause them to be stagnant. And number six, you might start believing it. The biggest danger of all is that whatever we continually see and hear over and over again ends up becoming normal to us and we start believing it to be true. Once we believe it to be true, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, that's all that we have for you today, all right? want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows, you can go to www.powerhh.com. Now, I want you to share this show with three of your friends. Tell them about the radio station that you are listening to this show on, or you can have them go to my website, www.powerhh.com. You know three people that this show could definitely benefit, all right? Want to remind you, don't forget to send me your emails. Uh, let me know how you're coming along, coachmarkspeaks at gmail.com. That's coachmarkspeaks at gmail.com. Let's connect on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Mark Starr or on Instagram and Twitter. It's at coachmarkspeaks. And the quote that I'd like to end today's show with is, listen to your own voice, your own soul. Too many people listen to the noise of the world 
instead of themselves. Thank you much, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.